This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Swansea has more McDonald's and clean sheets this season, so don't forget your Muck Nuggets are closer than you think with Muck Delivery. The only thing left to say is, you in? Order now in the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app are participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for further details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to another Swans Cast podcast. So I'm joined again by Lee this week. So welcome back, Lee. Hello. And obviously myself, Luke. Um, so you might have already seen because we're a little bit later this week doing the podcast. It's Thursday today, Thursday the 24th, ahead of uh, this weekend's game against Preston. So last week we had the podcast out first, but this week we've got the match preview up first. So for those listening on podcast platforms, so Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, whatever you might catch the podcast, or YouTube, um, obviously you can listen to the podcast on any of those places, but we do also do a match preview series. That isn't available on the podcast platforms. If you want to catch up with that, it's only available on YouTube, and that's just because it's a shorter form uh, bit of content. They're not as long as the podcast's um, where I chat to somebody from another podcast from the team that we are playing just to get to know the opposition so we don't necessarily look at the game as it is in general but we look at the team we're playing, how they're going to set up, what players we need to look out for, anything that's going on with their club and get a little bit of a prediction of them, that sort of thing. So it gives you a bit of an insight about the other teams across the league if you're not quite sure. Uh, if you Maybe you know you follow the championship but you don't keep up with all the news. I guess it gives you a little bit of an insight into what's going on then ahead of the games that the Swans are playing. Um, so that's up live now on YouTube, so go and check that out. Um, also, we started the new feature this week, which we're going to introduce into this video, where we're going to try and have a section every podcast of questions or topics that are led by everyone that's listening. So if you're a listener to the podcast, head over to Twitter, and we'll put a tweet out every week asking for what topics you want us to discuss. So just give us a couple of questions or whatever you want to hear about and we'll try and include it on the podcast. So we've got a couple of those to touch on this week. And finally, I've also asked for a little bit of help from everyone. So we really appreciate everyone's support um, this far with the, the podcast. I think we've been going for, I want to say, two and a half years. Um, and there's this thing that happens every year called the Football Content Awards. And we're hoping that we can get a couple of votes to be nominated for uh, two categories, which is the best podcast football league and content creator in football league so if you head over to twitter as well um i've got a tweet that shows you how to vote there all you do is click the links that i've provided in the tweet 
for both categories and it generates a tweet for you and you just got to post it and that counts as a vote and we really appreciate anyone that can chuck that out for us um not really expecting much to come from it but you know never know we we're trying to grow so it'd be nice to see where it can go and thank you for everyone that does support us with that as well okay so into this week's um football content then so we're going to try with a new structure this week we're going to look at last week on the pitch next week on the pitch news and rumors then we're going to carry on with our two up two down uh, section we've been working with this season and then the new thing i mentioned earlier which is going to be called question time where you guys can get involved with some questions or topics you want us to discuss so starting with the last week then obviously swansea took on coventry city um the match resulted in a 1-1 draw, which I actually thought was a good result. Maybe, Lee, you can give us some of your insight on that in a second. Um, it saw the return of Joe Latibodia to Swansea since he left at the end of his contract last season. Um, so, yeah, what did you make of that result? I know you were actually at, a, at an event, so you weren't able to make the game this time. But, yeah, I was expecting to perhaps lose, so... Yeah, I, well, yeah, I'm fully caught up. I think uh, I think it's a great point. I I was expecting us to lose before the game. I think Coventry have been probably the mo- one of the most impressive sides in the league so far this year. From what I've seen, I know like results are different, but what I've seen, I think they I think they're going to be they're going to be up there come the end of the season. I think so. I think that's a really good point against Coventry. I think a lot of people were backing them to beat us down here, so I think it's a really good really good point for me. Yeah, I think it shows some slow progress with um, Swansea and uh, Duff. Um, I thought we were going to lose this game. And look, we're not, we don't look like we're in the best position in the league table. Obviously, two points after three games, we're near the lower ends. But it's early days. Um, I just thought this was a tough game coming, commentary coming down here. They've had a large amount of fees, which they've reinvested in the squad. And they do seem to have started quite well, even though they're only on four points. I think one of the defeats was against, well, the defeat was against Leicester, wasn't it? So... Yeah, you know that's that's understandable. But then even in that game, they perhaps could have won. Um, they didn't take all their chances potentially. So I was a bit nervous about it. But to take a point, uh, I'll be happy to take a point really there. Um, Joe Latabodia then perhaps didn't have the best game, but sometimes it's tricky going going back to your old stomping ground. Don't know if he had the best reception either. No, I don't think he did. No, it's. Uh... I think that's natural now, though, when former players come back. Depends who but, it is. Uh, depends who it is. Yeah, I think he wasn't is, the but... most fan favourite player last season, was he? So, yeah, I don't think you'd necessarily put him in like a, you know, like a club legend status, would you? But uh... do you think it's partly because of like people were not fully convinced of him last season? He was playing a lot under Russell Martin. Um, he did a solid job of when he was playing, but he was never, you know, the person we needed in the right back position, for example. Um, and then to then not accept a contract and like hold out and then leave on a free, maybe it's like, like do you think you deserve more? Like what's this all about? Do you know what I mean? Because it wasn't I wouldn't say out of our defence. Like out, does he even oust any of the back three in a centre back role? Really didn't. So no, no I, I I don't think he I don't think he would now. But um, I don't know. He's one of them where I I don't know. I just don't think it needs any reaction. It's like he, when he was here, he done. He done a job for us. He seemed to, uh, you know, he done he done a couple of good tweets when we've beaten Cardiff a couple of times, and he's, you know, he was passionate in the shirt. Um, he wanted to leave. Job done. I just it's one of them where, 
are probably just not that fussed. Um, no. Either I'm way. Not bothered. not bothered either. But he's starting yeah. in centre-back for Coventry and has done all season so far. And he picked up a yellow card here, so maybe there was a bit of um, no love lost on the pitch. Um, OK, moving on from him. I do like and to I... look at that, though. I think, like... I'd like to see when play because you might see. I remember when uh, West Ham came down here after IU came back, and I think even Mark Noble had a had a bit of a thing because they had a massive sort of thing on the pitch. Um, so it's just interesting to see maybe they didn't get on when they were in the same team. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, looking at more of our newer additions, then um, some highlights from this game. So Char- Charlie Patino starting, obviously came on from the bench in the previous game and caused some havoc, I would say, from corners and set pieces. And that seemed to continue um, with a couple of the corners. who didn't score from one um, this time, but definitely planted it on on our players' heads. And we do look more dangerous from set plays. So something to look out for going into the rest of the season. Yeah, it's massive. I mean, like, obviously, we said last week to me about the West Brom game, it looked like we were going to cause problem every time he was taking a set piece so it's uh it's a good option to have him needing uh needing goals something that we have well some i can't think of a time where we've ever been dangerous from set pieces maybe not since yeah. uh like sigurdsson was taking free kicks but that's uh yeah it's exciting i quite like in the look of that midfield three as a solid base to use yeah i do as well patino grimes felton they've all rated quite well on sofa score for the last match and i know ratings aren't everything but it's a good base to talk about um, and I just think obviously you can rotate in and out if you want more of an attacking system on a given day but you get a good solid base a uh, good bit of creativity and control there with Grimes yeah. obviously and Patino seems very box to box and has definitely got a good peg on him as well um, I'd be interested to see how that dynamic can develop and how the three of them can Form the relationship, obviously Grimes and Felton know each other very well, but Patino coming in, he just seems like, sometimes I think our midfield, you get Grimes and Felton and then the other person maybe isn't, it's not the most balanced, like if you have an encham in there from the past. Yeah. Sometimes it works, but sometimes it really doesn't. And I don't know, something about Patino just gives me confidence that that system can work. Yeah, and I think it's... Alan to come on as well then as well. Yeah. Tire. Yeah, I think it's a good combination. And like you said, Alan coming on is a bit of, um, you know, when you've got like the likes of Ollie Cooper as well, I think it's a good, uh, you know, there's a good competition there in that, in that midfield. And I think as well, like looking at, like Patino played with Yates last year. So they've they've probably got a bit of, uh, you know, a bit of chemistry. So I, um, yeah, I do like the look at that midfield. The one thing, the one thing we do need from that midfield, we need goals. We need someone to pitch in with goals. Whether that's yeah. going to be Patino now, whether he gets forward a bit more, maybe Grimes, Gets a chance to push forward a bit more, but we need we need like midfield to chip in with some goals now. Yeah, well, Felton came close um, with the shot yeah, in the first did, half, yeah. did, um, but it's, I think like Duff wants to encourage them to have have a go sometimes, even if it's from outside the box. Maybe there's a little bit of reluctance that's still in the mentality that's creeped over from the previous regime. But I guess that that will come with time as they get used to what Duff's expecting. Yeah, I mean, because they probably in the past were like so drilled into not look for them opportunities and always look for the perfect ball to get the perfect shot. And we've always complained about that sometimes in the past, uh, where it's a little bit too much, where you're trying to walk the ball into the net. Has been a common criticism of, you know, yeah. especially the last two years. Um, so it's just about. Realising, oh, hang on, I've got a bit of space ahead of me. I can run into here and try and 
try and pick the net out. Yeah, but like Duff was vocal about that, wasn't he? Because the like the, I think the first half against West Brom was was that poor. I think you know I like what he said. He said you know there's like there's habits in the team that they've got to they've got to work out. Yeah. You know, I mean, like you said, if you play a certain way for two years, well, you can go even further back. Because I think you know going back a long, long time, we've really not had players that would just unleash you know shots from midfield. Um, it's been quite a while, so you know, it's just, just drilling that into him. It's going to take time for him to get his way across. But I'd love to see, you know, Grimes hitting it more obviously because you know he's capable. If you go back to the when he hit the bar against Cardiff, and yeah. he's got it in the locker. And Felton's capable. He's done it a few times. Yeah, Felton's we didn't got make it. that Felton top bins T-shirt for no reason. Um, <laughs> and then was what who was it that came in? Was there Horahan that came Horahan, in? And yeah. then it was like he would score, and then Grimes would try and. Would score like the game. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, there was did, a period yeah. where he had a couple, wasn't there, or, or was at least trying hitting the bar. Yeah. Uh, you had some robotic lag then. That was quite interesting. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> it's alright. Just I don't know if it came through on the podcast, but it's quite an interesting sound. Um, speaking of Yates, then you just mentioned him uh, in regards to his link-up play with Bettino. He did score in this game. Scored with a header from. Uh, Ashby's assists we mentioned in the new guys as I mentioned um, we've said Ashby's been quite quiet this season so far so it was nice to see him work in a bit of space on the right and getting an assist obviously he's dangerous from his crossing seems to be settling in a little bit more now and obviously that's going to happen with the more game time he's going to get and Yates two goals in three league games so far this season I mean that's a good record he had 14 with Blackpool last year and it looks like he's on his way to at least matching that and probably better in it and given today's news which we will go on and discuss that could be so important this year so what do you think about those two yeah i, I think he's uh i think he's quite exciting yet because uh again it's probably something that we haven't had probably being a criticism that we haven't got a proper proper nine um someone that just scores like because i think i don't know if anyone else agrees with me but i like throughout pre-season and the first couple of games i thought like yes was quite quiet doesn't do like a great deal, but then he scores a goal, and he's always in the yeah. right position. That we need, we just need that full-on number nine. We've been begging for it for ages, um, and you know, I think he's, he's, he's not getting much service. You know, he's getting minimum chances, and he's putting them away. Like he had that one chance against West Brom when he hit the bar. He had that. I think it was like his only chance against Birmingham uh, in the first game, and he scored. Um, and and he took that goal really well on Saturday. I thought because. I was arguing with someone and they said he didn't mean it. They, they think he like kind of mistimed it and that's why he looped over. But I, I think he means it because a lot of players there would just go with the full header to the front post where it probably gives the keeper a chance to save it. But he's like sort of cleverly like sort of helped it on his way into the far corner. So yeah. I think that's quite exciting that we've got a player like that because we've been begging out for a, a proper nine that just gets you, you know. I know Perot obviously scores a lot of goals, but... Um, it has done in the past, but he's not your traditional nine, is he? Um, that just gets a goal out of nothing, you know, a poacher's goal sort of thing. So I think that's that's something that we haven't had. Yeah, I mean, Cullen's shown bits of it, but not as good. Yeah, Cullen, yeah, yeah, he did show bits of it. Um, but I, I agree. I mean, at the end of the day, right, in terms of whether he means it or doesn't mean it, he's taken a shot and the shot's gone in. So surely, if you're taking a shot, you mean to score the goal, no matter how it goes in the net. Yeah, but uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if you thought it was him. I thought he was quite, uh, quite quiet in pre-season as well. When I see yeah. when, when I watched it, I thought, oh, maybe he's going to take some time to uh, 
get going. But I think I scoring think, in the first game has been was big. Yeah. I think in preseason there was some opportunities that he had that he should have scored and didn't, and it was a bit like, oh, I don't know, I like how how he's probably you know settling in and getting used yeah. to his new environment and surroundings and players, and ultimately it doesn't matter, does it? Um, you just want him to do it when it counts. And the opposite, Josh Thomas obviously isn't here anymore, and he was banging him in yeah. the preseason. So yeah. I'm not not saying that. There's different circumstances there. I'm just saying, like that's happened before, where somebody has banged them in the preseason and then not really done anything in the yeah. in in the league games going forward. Um, preseason's always funny, though, isn't it? I remember when we went up to Bristol Rovers and saw the return of Borja Baston <laughs> and, and the names that he was getting called, and then he went on and scored like nine goals in something stupid, like eleven, twelve games or something. Yeah. Um, was championship top goal scorer and then just stopped getting picked and left in January. So yeah, yeah that was. Man. We had at least a month or two of uh, of play from Borja Baston after that uh, record-breaking fee we paid for him once upon a time. So <laughs> anyway, um, Liam Cullen, we just mentioned him as well. Now, not so much a general trend, but I did notice towards the end of the match he did take a corner or two. It's like I don't know what you think of that. I thought it was a little bit weird. Isn't he someone you'd want in the box? I mean, to be fair, he did whip in a good corner and it did cause a bit of trouble. He didn't get a goal from it, but um, I guess he's played as a winger before, so maybe it is. Yeah, I don't know. He's got a, he's got a nice peg on him. I mean, like he he picked out a lovely ball for Yates in the first game, didn't he? He's got yeah. that. Yeah, he's got. But I, I but I don't know. He's quite um, not someone you associate with scoring headers. So I'm when it's surprised. that time of the game, maybe you want your uh, you know your taller players in the box. Yeah, 19 minutes, and he's been he's been subbed on for um, I want to say he came on for Yates, did he? No, he came on for Patino. So they went to the probably changed the formation again, and and probably went out uh, um, out wide or Perot went out wide, one or the other. But Grimes is still on a pitch. You think he's more likely to get on the corners because, yeah, okay, Callan might not be known for scoring a header, but then neither's Grimes, so. I think like Grimes is probably positioned outside the box, doesn't he, to put it back in if it comes out or yeah, a strike. Uh, and I, I guess that makes sense, but I'm just looking at who finished the match on the pitch and who yeah. who would be in and out of the box. So you had like Joe Allen would have been on the pitch, Abdullahi, Ginelli is probably not the tallest either. Um, like for example, Felton's been subbed off, Yates has been subbed off, you've got the centre backs are all there. I just feel like there's not an awful load of players causing trouble in the box other than the three centre-backs and Perot. So do you not keep Cullen, who is a striker, ultimately in there as well? Just I don't know. I mean, he did, he did swing in a nice cross, and if a goal comes from it, then it doesn't Well, that's probably what they've seen in training, and he delivers a good ball. And Duff has said he wants uh, Grimes for the forward, so maybe he wants him in that position to get box, a strike off yeah. on the edge because uh, he's got the, he's got the left foot to do it. Um, well, it just reminds me when game. Harry Kane done. Where was he taking corners for England before, wasn't he? And everyone England, went nuts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was that was Yeah. Uh, finally, on this game, then, because I think it's been a lot of mixed reaction to it. Some people are happy <sighs> with the point, think that we've done all right, and then other people are like, "Duff is boring. This is not working. Like it's just not coming together." And we had forty percent possession. So I guess it depends what narrative you want to look at. I mean, the last couple of years, everyone's saying possession doesn't matter if it doesn't lead you to any goals or results. Um, we didn't win the game, obviously, but we drew the game at home with 40% possession. In terms of defence, um, our XG 
was 0.73, but their XG was only 0.86. It's not like they kind of batted us or were expected to score goals. Both XGs were under one, and the match ended 1-1. So I'm just saying it looks a little bit like we are getting a bit more stable at the back than perhaps we were under Russell Martin. And if that is the foundation to then build the attacking game from, that's probably important. Uh, we, yeah, I think I think you're right. Totally said it last season. You've got to you've got to be able to defend in this league first if you want to go anywhere, and then you can play from that. Then, like you know, we had forty percent possession and still got a point. We had eighty percent possession last year and lost game. So, I just I, this this narrative still bugs me that you need to have all this possession, and then that and then that's the only way you play good football is having all the possession, because yeah. it's not. Because uh, there were times last year it didn't work when we went on that massive run and and didn't win games because we can't defend. So for me, if Duff, I'm excited that if Duff can get us solid and then make us clinical in the sense that you know Yates gets one chance and we score, then we're probably going to win more games. You know, on paper yeah. it's going to work. Um, and I've said to you for ages, I think unless you have like the best players in your league or in the world in some cases i don't think you can play that football anymore i think this i think it's gone you need to have your players need to be so good to be able to play that football now because teams know how to teams know how to play against it like how many times last year did we have all the ball and teams would just wait for their opportunity and beat us one nil yeah but that's like i said when you mentioned it the other day as well though like even pep guardiola has noticed that and that's why they brought haaland in it doesn't really exactly the city tikka taka system exactly. He's there for when he needs to go direct and quite often they mix on. it up, get the ball to him and it's a goal. The and game moves on how. all the time. There's been a few assists where it's Edison to Haaland. Like, You've got to mix it up. You've got to be mix able to mix it up. up. Yeah, it's missed out everything in the middle. Um, and I'm not saying I didn't yeah. like watching it. I liked seeing Russell Martin's system develop. But yeah. it's just, I just, sometimes just watching a discourse and I know it's always a vocal view and not everyone feels this way and a lot of people are patient. But, you go from Cooper to Martin when everyone was angry that it was boring football, blah, 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 we need to pass it more. During Martin then, it was like, what's the point of passing it all when possession means nothing if you're not going to win games and all this, you're just passing it pointlessly. And you're three games into the tough era and it's back to the same discourse around Cooper. Um, not to the same level, obviously, but there is some people that are quite quick to say it's not working. And yeah, oh, look, you're three yeah, games in, three games just in. calm down. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I've I've seen it. I've seen people saying it's boring, and they they don't like the style and everything. I just I don't think we've even seen the style yet. I don't think anybody can put a finger on what the yeah. style is at the moment because with you know players are still coming and going. You know, you're talking about that was Patino's first start. You've got players are still bedding in. You've got players that will likely leave. We're not there yet. It's gonna take it's gonna take a while for him yeah. to give it. You know, give it six, seven, eight games, and then we can sort of make a proper judgment, you know. But I think, like, you know, we were poor against um, West Brom in the first half and bits of the second half. And then, you know, I thought that was a good point on the weekend. And I think Birmingham was a good point as well. I think Conley and Birmingham are two good sides. Yeah, well, look at where Birmingham um, are in the league at the moment, you know, come, seven points. Come the end of the season, I think they're good points. So, yeah. um, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see. You know, we got, we'll have proper tests coming up soon when we play other teams and we'll see how we, how we cope. But, uh I think every time I'm, I'm, I'm quite excited to, actually to be for a change to be that team that's really annoying that just will score from nothing. That's what I yeah. hope it'll come. Where other teams might have 
more possession. But every time we get the ball, we look like we can score goals. And that's what that's what we could sort of had in the second half against West Brom. Um, like you said, we've got a set we've got a set piece now, but we've never had that. We think, oh, you know, we could score yeah? we could score out of nothing. So let's just, you know, it's a different yeah. way of playing. Let's just let's just let's just get on board and, and follow it. So and for those who think that Coventry result was a poor result, um, we drew both games against them last season under Russell Martin, one of which we went 3-0 down and had to come back to draw 3 all. So, yeah, that's a good comeback afterwards, but don't want to be in that situation. You know, we were in that situation against West Brom the other day and just fell short, but you don't want that to be a theme, is what I'm saying. So um, it's not like that we did any point. better last year. I would say Coventry are probably in a better position right now as well, although maybe you know they've lost Giocarez and Hammer or Hamer. Yeah, but they're a lot more established than us, and they like they. Yeah. You know, we've had quite a. I think for us, we've had quite a lot of an, you know, an overhaul. You've got like Yates is in, Patino is in. You know, we got two new fullbacks, new goalkeeper, new manager. You know, it's it's a, it's a big big change for for him to solve it. You're talking about a playoff team there. They've yeah. got the same manager, the same style. They've improved. All right, they lost Giorg, I think they've had Robbins for six years or something. I think. You know, you're talking about a consistent side. We've got a new manager. You've got. We like I said, we've got new goalkeeper, fullbacks, new striker. Play. It's got to take a little bit of time, and to get a draw against them, I don't think that's a bad result at all. So, yeah, I think it is time to calm down. Yeah, and you were right as about saying, you know, comings and goings. They're not over yet, as we realised today. Yeah. We'll get on to that yeah. shortly. But first of all, next week on the pitch, then. So as I've already said, I was joined by Ollie from the Butter Pie Podcast. Now I know. <laughs> Sounds a bit random, the, but the, the, the Butterfly podcast enough? is a Preston podcast. Um, and by all accounts, the, a Butterfly is basically a local food up at Preston Way, so it's around nice. that area as well. The, I, it, he was trying to explain it to me. If you watch the video, he does a much better job of explaining what a <laughs> Butterfly is than I do. Now, he did say that they sell it in, in the ground. So if you go into the away day this weekend up Preston, be sure to try a butter pie. And if you can come back and either tweet us or let us know in the comments on YouTube for this podcast um, or Instagram or whatever you uh, want to communicate with us, whatever you interact, let us know if it's any good because he was raving about it a little bit. I that mean, sounds class. He, he did say, oh, you know, some people say it's a bit bland um, and you need, to, you need to have gravy with it and you need to have brown sauce, what he was saying. But um, he was, he was asking class, me afterwards that it, it is a good... It is a good uh, Bit of scran, bit of footy scran uh, there. So I have get, been get to, uh, I've been to Preston before, but I haven't had the butter pie. I'm upset now. Yeah, so I mean, it doesn't sound like a Preston podcast, but yes, Ollie from <laughs> the Butter Pie podcast um, joined me in the match preview. So go check that out on YouTube only. Uh, that went up earlier on today. So by the time this goes out, that is available on YouTube to watch. I think it's about twenty minutes long. So a little bit of a pre-match content to digest if you were looking forward to the Preston game and want to know a little bit more about our opposition that's where you want to go um, but we'll touch a little bit on it so team I think this is going to be the first game where we see a few changes and some of them are probably due to recent news and speculation so we're going to touch on it but Joel Pro looks like he's gone okay so we'll go in detail about that shortly, so stay tuned. Um, Nathan Wood has also had a bid, which I believe has been rejected, but again, we will talk a little bit more about that shortly. So I'm going to say those two, well, Pro definitely, and I would say Wood might not play based on speculation and 
been involved in this. I feel like it's not the end of the drama there with um, the bid for Nathan Wood. So that's two ever-present players from this season that were taken out of the starting lineup. Um, now, Michael Duff's also been speaking about some of the other new players who are getting up to fitness. So Josh Ginelli, Ginelli, Josh Ginelli. I, I don't know. I can't say any of these guys' names. I keep getting them wrong. Um, <laughs> played in the under twenty three match. I want to say it was against Crew. Correct. Yeah, it was against Crew. Yeah. Was the score three or four nil? They won. Four one, I think it was. Four one, uh, and he scored. Um, but apparently is maybe ill this week he's been suffering with some illness so they're waiting on fitness for him so may or may not be available and then i hope he's not going to be uh i hope he's not going to be one of these players just like constantly because he got injured in pre-season yeah it was illness though no i know but like i hope he's not like liam walsh 2.0 speaking of liam walsh he's back on the grass recovered from hamstring injury took part in the open um fan training session this week so i don't think he'll be involved anytime in the next week or two, but he's going to be training and should be available soon. Um, yeah, but the other two then, so we've got Mikola Kuarovic. I did try practice his name before we came up. I think I was all right. Yeah, I watched the video and I was trying to copy him. <laughs> you've been, you've been revising. Haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I have. Kuarovic. Yeah. Mikola Kuarovic. Um, he played and scored in that game too. And Nathan, here we go. Choa on, not to Joe, like I was saying before, or to O. Um, Choa on um, also got minutes in that game. Now, Duff did say, though, with those two, they are young players that have been brought in to be developed, and he doesn't envisage them starting every game this season. So it looks like they are going to be rotation options throughout the year, which is fine because they are quite young as well. Yeah, well, but, I think it makes sense because we were kind of scratching our heads as like because they brought in Ashby and Key. Like how that was going to work. So yeah, so um, they might probably both get a lot more game time. Although I think they still yeah. want another. They do want another left wing back. I mean, it's nice to see Abdullah still getting minutes. Um, yeah. Maybe someone that is going to feature more than we think. We'll have to see, I guess, going forward. Um, but anyway, the reason I was bringing all of that up is just because when we look at the team for this game now against Preston, and like I said, the two positions are probably going to rotate which would have been unexpected a few days ago who do we bring in i don't know the struggle the struggle for me is the back three i don't know do you bring brandon cooper in or are you going to bring I in think, norton in the middle of the three i think norton's going to come in cooper yeah i think he bench. might put i think he might put norton um in the middle of the three maybe and then play <clears throat> cabango and darling either side but um yeah, I think it'll have to be that. And then it, I, it might even be Norton goes just where Nathan Wood is. If he's if he's established to Cabango that he's going to be the one in the middle for a reason. Maybe he's there because of his height. Maybe he thinks he's the strongest in the air um, yeah. rather than Russell Martin's approach, which was he wanted his best ball player in the Yeah, center. yeah, that's true. Maybe yeah, it's a different true. approach. He wants his strongest defender, perhaps, or aerial defender in the middle um, for different reasons. And Norton, you know, originally being a right back by trade, can also cover left back. With the system maybe playing where Wood is, and if Key's pushing on and he's covering, it's not too out yeah. of his remit then. Um, yeah, I can I see think... that. I mean, it just depends. Depends what uh, sort of physical state he's in now, isn't he? Because like, he doesn't play a lot of games now, and 
Getting to the latter end of his career, didn't he? Yeah, it depends. Yeah, it was just this, this different, different sort of game. It depends. Um, you know, if he's going to be a bit exposed in that channel, if uh, yeah, you know, the, well, the fullbacks push on. But yeah, I, you know, based I think on the bench, probably will be him. from the last game. No one was there, and Cooper wasn't. But that's so uh, just... it's it's a bit worrying because uh, you know, if we had an injury in that position, um, you know, Norton's not going to play every week. But you know, I. I I don't know if that Humphreys was coming in, wasn't he? He was supposed to be coming in, but that's well, been gone quiet. Off. Yeah, apparently that's, that's off. off, is it? Yeah, yeah well, we, do, accounts, we do need the, them. It just stalled um, the, for whatever reason, and it's just, yeah, it doesn't look like that's on the cards anymore. Yeah, we are going to need somebody in. I, well, I thought we needed somebody in anyway, even before if if Wood is going. So, you know, we, we talked about like we have actually yeah. got a bit of depth, but that's probably if you're playing three centre arms, we need um, need a bit more meat there, really. I was happy with Norton and Brandon Cooper being cover. It depends if Brandon Cooper was happy being fifth choice. Um, I mean, he didn't even get game time in the cup, did he? So no. it makes you question, if you're going to be fifth choice, you'd expect at least to play in the cup because you want to rotate two of them out, perhaps. And, and you know, one injury, and he is the, he's now the next in line. So, like on the bench, yeah. if you like, if it's one injury, isn't he? So unless any of the others have more versatility, like... Does maybe Abdullah come in for a start and can Ashby or Key play centre back? Maybe I would say Ashby more likely. Is he, can he play there? Oh, I don't know. Maybe maybe they can fill on the right side of a yeah of a three. I don't know or left side of a three, but I, I don't know. So a little bit of a reshuffle. I see Ashby come in. Maybe Darling goes to the other side and Key Key comes to right back and Abdullah. But again, this is this is a this is a factor when people are saying like, oh, you know, the system and the style. It's like it's still not worked out yet, is it? Yeah, and I'd imagine um, in terms of the bench, um, Choa on perhaps just comes onto the bench in that in yeah. the extra slot potentially. Um, yeah. So yeah, a little bit of a change around perhaps at the back, but then Perot. So Yates is you know he's going to start, but who's going to partner him? Are we going to stay with two up top? I think probably. My first uh, initial thought would be Cullen comes in. Yeah, I, I I was gonna say the same thing. I think Cullen comes in to start. And to be fair, Cullen's been I think he hasn't been getting on the score sheet so much, but I think been making the runs that this system asks for, diagonal runs where the long ball option is always a threat to get behind, which counters any teams pressing us then and Cullen seems to do that quite well. Yeah, I think I think Cullen's a good player to play away from home as well. Uh like you said, yeah. like pressing and I think I think I think Cullen his pace is quite underrated. I think he is quite quick, um, yeah. so I think I think he's a good option, especially away from home, um, where obviously we may need to press a bit more, and um, especially if we're not going to have like so much ball now, I think he's yeah. a good option. And I would then suggest if Janelli if Janelli's fit, Janelli, ah, <laughs> uh, whatever. Whatever, I don't know what his name is. Um, if he's fit, he'll obviously, I would imagine, come on a bench. I'd be surprised to see him starting if he has been suffering with illness and yeah, I, I playing in the game starting. midweek. But I think he's, um, if he can get fit, like, I was so impressed with some of the stuff he did. I know like it's probably quite niche, but I was so impressed with some of the stuff he did against West Brom when he came on, some of the runs he was making. Yeah. He looked really sharp. So Well, he looked sharp hopefully, against Northampton, yes, didn't he? I mean, he scored out. Yeah, oh, that cool. Yeah, so hopefully there's something in the bag there where, you know, couple of games in the season when he gets fully fit that we bring him in it'd be like having a fresh new player so he also used to play for Preston so I think it'd be good if he can go on the pitch in some capacity yeah yeah it'd be good because sometimes that you know 
works in your favour a little bit. We all know about about that past players coming back to torment us and and all that. Um, so yeah. we'll see. But maybe we'll actually see uh, an appearance from Ku Kuarovic in in the league. It would be nice maybe. if he can maybe get some minutes. Then if uh, Perot's out, you think there's more opportunities? I can't imagine Yates and Cullen start and play ninety minutes. So yeah, no, no, I don't think so. So we'll wait and see. Any other changes you think other than those? I, I don't think so. I can't see it. Uh, Joe Allen. I mean, this history with I him. I don't know. There's an there's an opportunity no. there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that last season. First yeah. match we play in for context, guys. If anyone's forgotten. Yeah. I think it was two, three games for the end of last season where we played Preston at the Liberty and obviously we took a nice uh, three-goal lead, pegged back 3-2. For Preston, it was a massive game because it kind of ended their playoff hopes and tension started boiling over. Somebody goes into the back of Fulton. Joe Allen did not like that and ends up fighting with their manager. I'm sure everyone remembers that from the end of last season. That's why Joe Allen was suspended for the first game of this season. Um, does, does something happen here? <laughs> I, I, well, maybe. I, to be honest, I got to be honest. Like it was one of the biggest brawls I'd ever seen on a football pitch um, at the time. But I actually forgot about that until you mentioned it. And I yeah. forgot about that. But I think it was that. Seems like it was that long ago. Um, but maybe, maybe there's a little bit extra there. Like you know, Joe Joe Hallen's going to be on the on the side of the pitch with uh, you know with the manager and uh, and Fulton and Cole. They'll be there. So um, I mean, look, different yeah, maybe there's a bit of extra spice there. So maybe they leave it, you know, water under the bridge and all that. But if Joe Allen comes on and it gets a little bit feisty Bad on him. the pitch, I wonder if there's a reaction somewhere. He scored or in that game as well, Joe Allen, didn't he? Or if Joe Allen puts a big tackle in and and the manager from Preston gives a reaction. Yeah, well, yeah, it's good. I'd maybe, maybe start Joe Allen. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, it's an option now. With, with probably Perot not playing, could you... Potentially away from home, play Joe Allen, push Grimes or Patino a bit further forward. But I know he likes to play with two up front, so I, I don't know. Is it an option there, or maybe you do that later on in the game? I don't know. Yeah, it's got to be. There's got to be. There's got to be a place where Joe Allen hasn't played that much, has he? I think there's got to be. There's got to be like you know, position for him. Um, yeah, somewhere because I think like, um, well, he has, does play you, well yeah, when he, he does play. He did come back from injury, didn't he? So he's yeah. probably still yeah, yeah. fitness. Yeah. And he did play against Northampton, didn't he? He's at the tail end of his career. Um, yeah. A bit nervous about this game, going into predictions then. So, I I mean, you haven't done the points for last week's yet, but I'm just going to prove that. And I told you Yates was going to score, so I hope I get my points that I'm deserved. Um, we need to make a league table for that as well and get that sorted. Cause, uh, I have got a, I have got a league table going, but uh, I kind of I dropped the ball a little bit last week because it was a, a busy weekend, uh, yeah, a messy we'll one as well. Catch up with that. But what's this yeah. week's prediction? Is a Preston sitting sixth at the moment, seven points. It's another uh, odd two game. wins and a draw. They haven't lost yet. They are obviously home. Uh, they were renowned for a good defence last year. Apparently, they're playing a little bit more exciting football this year than they have done in the past because you've got some players in and some resources that allow them to do it um, but yeah tricky away day for us so what do you think yeah it's, I think it's another hard game like you said unbeaten uh, decent start with two wins um, you know and their two wins have been the last two games as well so you know they're coming in on a bit of a bit of a hot streak there. so I I think uh, i got to be honest though I'm uh, I'm a little bit more optimistic than I was last week I'm going to Probably predict the draw. I think. 
Okay. Go for any yeah. goal scorers like or nil nil. Yeah, I like no, I like I like a one all and uh, I say uh, I, I think it's too obvious to say Yates this uh, now this season, but uh, yeah. fancy Yates to get another one. Well, I gotta keep it consistent with uh, what I said on the preview, which I agreed with Ollie when he said two one Preston, um, but I said Yates as well because he used to play for Blackpool and obviously they're rivals. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's a good shout. So he said Yates has a good record against them. Um, and obviously he's going to get a very bad reception from their fans. And he's the sort of player that likes that. So And Patino last year as well. Blackpool. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it's a bit more added spice there that we don't oh, yeah, realize. no, we just maybe start uncovered Patino more. Allen, Patino Allen and yeah. Yates in the middle there. And the... Yeah. The more we talk <laughs> about it, the more we discover that we actually it's going to be a massive game. Um yellow card then I'm going to say uh, Yates as well actually go for a yeah he's going to get a yellow that's card that's good yeah like I he's going to score sm- last minute take his top someone. off yeah <laughs> I'm going to say I'm going to say Darling again so you're going to say Patino then <laughs> uh, Darling's just going to wipe somebody out of some so make a note of that Lee get it on your little spreadsheet and we need to get our table table going I will I don't know what Nicky's been doing he needs to come on a podcast soon because he's going to lag behind with it we'll have to rinse Slacking. him if he's bottom um, okay so Let's move on and let's look at the news and the rumours. So, I mean, there's only one place to start, isn't there? So today we're recording on 24th of August and it's been pretty much confirmed that Joe Perot is on his way to Leeds for a medical. I want to save what I've seen. Now, we're talking about an ever-evolving situation right now. There's not all the facts and figures and stuff out there in the world and there's a lot of different numbers and things being said. What I've seen is around 12 million for Joe Perot. Yeah. I don't know if there's any add-ons after or if that includes add-ons or future fees or whatever, but 12 million is what has been touted. Um, what do you think? Uh, I'm a, I'm a little, I am a bit gutted because I think I fully expected him to go uh, like early on in the window. Um, I thought when the season finished last year, I think we all sort of accepted that he was going either way this was even before martin had left i think we all accept but then he was here all pre-season started the season there were rumors of a new contract um i i, I don't know if like i'm a bit cynical but i think does the agent drum up the rumors about the new contract to get people to come in interested uh i don't know well, maybe there wasn't any truth in that new contract but i was um, reading either yesterday or today that those news stories about the new contract were a bit premature. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they were, you know, put out there so that teams started to sniff around and think, well, you know. Yeah, because it was and I, I said, Grimes news, wasn't it? So it was kind of like, oh, let's jump on that. Yeah, and I think, um, I I don't know, I'm gutted because I there was a bit of hope there where I thought he might actually stay for another season. I think it was the hope that uh, that killed me a bit there, but uh, I, I'm I'm gutted. I am I'm gutted to be honest. Um, if he'd gone at the beginning of the window, I would have been like, fine, yeah, I accepted it. But the fact that we've seen him play four games now for us, including the cup, uh, you know, him and Yates together, I just thought, here we go, we're we're bubbling here. Uh, Controversial. I did say opinion, to you, though. I did say to you that I was worried about Leeds because. There's always that one team yeah. that comes down. They don't start very well. It's players that want to leave, and they'll start, they'll start uh, flying the money about then. And Perot was the obvious target. 
um, you know, being being the you know the goals he scored in the last two seasons, he was yeah. always going to be the target for a team, you know. But I also think that uh, twelve million is not enough. I think it's poor poor uh, price. I think. So I where think where would that. you be looking? Well, if if Giorgares goes for twenty million, also we know they've got parachute payments. They're in the same league as us. I would be looking for around about the twenty million mark. You know, eighteen yeah. twenty million mark. I guess Considering he's tricky... got twenty goals in two seasons in the championship, what is that worth? That's it, worth yeah. promotion. I guess it's the tricky aspect of the risk of not having anything. Yeah, no, I, I get that because he's in the last year of his contract. But I don't they've know. Got a, they've got a week left as well, so it's like there wasn't any bids. They're getting bids. I think the initial might have been more like ten. They've upped it a bit in negotiation. Um, like how much do you push and then they go somewhere else and then nobody comes in for Perot and then you lose it for free? I think Leeds are, I think Leeds are desperate. I think they've been in a hell of a situation <laughs> there. Players yeah. wanting to leave. I think they need him. They desperately need him. Well, we'll see when the final, what final information comes out and it's probably going to be undisclosed. But I, like it's, it's tricky in there. I, I think we can all have an opinion. I think there should be better done, but... It's never a nice position to be in for a club, is it? When your star player's got a year left and you've got to try and maximise what you get out of him. Yeah, I think uh, it hurts as well because like, he's going to go to another team in the league, which I don't yeah. I don't really agree with. Um, I feel like that's what's cost us, though, because Giocaris went abroad and that's probably why they've had a better result there. Yeah, but I think that's, I think that's good business by Coventry. By not selling him to a rival in the yeah, but also the team that came in for Giocares came in straight away at the start of the window, so they were very keen on him, and it doesn't look like yeah. the same happened with Peru. So you lose some of your bargaining power from that. Yeah, you do, but uh, I, I think uh, it's got in, especially with the timing of it. It's just, it's just really poor. Yeah, I mean, it's better happening now than it is in seven days, though, which is the only thing I would say. Because I mean, it looked like a couple of days ago the whole. New contract rumours come out. We might keep him, he might stay. And when this has come out now, the leads have put a bid in. This has actually happened quite quick. Now, I know nothing's been announced yet, but by all accounts, they're not expecting it to be too long for it to be sorted. No, like um, you said, I thought for something. a bit of time. He, he, won't be, he won't be in the squad on Saturday, yeah. I imagine. And that would but be it your... might even be announced tonight or by tomorrow, is from what I'm reading. Yeah, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be... Uh... It's not going to be long, but how much is that going to hurt when it's a lead side with Perot, Dan James and Roder now? Yeah. That's just disgusting. It's a bit rough, not going to lie, but uh, this will... But this is why I don't, like, I, I don't know, like, we'll come on to um, we'll come on to Nathan Wood as well, but I know they rejected that bid for now, but does it not hurt a little bit more now? Is this Does this sale of Perot and potentially Wood to teams that have come down into the league is that like the official? We are actually just a mid-table championship team now. Yeah, but we are. And there was a graphic that was put up on Twitter going doing the rounds this week about um, the football league, not just championship and consecutive seasons in your respective yeah. league. And we are in the top like twenty clubs or something of on that graphic, like six seasons in the championship, and we're like I think we're like fifteenth or something in terms of longest stay in the league that we're in. And we only came down six years ago. You think that's not that long ago, but then so much movements happened that we're actually quite high up the list of 
teams being in the league for the longest and in, in just championship terms we're even higher in terms of the teams in this league I know but my worry is like sales like this where the last couple of seasons our players are probably going higher whereas now you've probably got our best player going to a team in the league I think that's probably drawn a line in the sand that uh, well, I hope I'm wrong, but our chance for like you know pushing back up into the Premier League is probably gone yeah. for now. But you say that, but Flynn Downs went up last year and he's already back at this level, so that was yeah, I know, a... but I, but yeah, that's that's fair enough. But I'm just saying that it's probably this one probably hurts a bit more because I think we have to accept that. That's I, I think we've probably known that for a while, but yeah, that probably just like proves it now that that's where we are selling the teams the in reason... the league. Part of the reason that we sell in, um, we're getting the fee as well, like Leeds, they are in the Championship, um, not the Premier League. If it's Premier League, I think you get more money. Or Giocares going to a Champions League club, you probably get more money. Um, Flynn Downs going for the same price, essentially, as what this would be. He went to Premier League. I'd imagine that's, that's why it's the same, isn't it? You think probably should be more than Downs, but it's the factor of what league they're in. And if there's no one coming in from them leagues, then I guess you've got to do what you've got to do. I still, I don't think it's the end of the world with the fee. I was thinking more like 15 by the end. They're not that far short of that. We'll see what add-ons maybe can... Yeah, but I think we've got, probably got to give a percentage back to PSV as well, haven't we? Yeah, I think there is something. But, I mean, it's still going to be profit on the two million we paid for him, or two and a half million. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is it is profit. I mean, well, That's and the game, isn't it? I think we kind of... I think we were naive because I think the window had been so good up to this point in terms of players coming in and nobody leaving. I think there was always that chance that somebody like players were going to leave late. Um, so you know, it's a bit of a shame because we got like we got a lot of loan players in. Um, yeah. And if you're talking, you know, ten plus for um, Wood and fifteen maybe for Perot, that's twenty-five million there. That's uh, probably not going to get reinvested. Also, just to kind of jump between topics here, we're going to do question time last, but one of the questions there, which this week came from uh, at Joey Swansea on Twitter, was what is Joe Perot's real value to Swansea? And I think we've just kind of been discussing that. So I just wanted to kind of put that question in there because it's kind of relevant to what we've just been talking about. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, it's just never nice to lose your top player and you always want to get more for... For him, yeah. in terms of his value to Swansea, he probably is worth more than twelve, and I just think the contract situation is what shot us in the foot, and maybe that's where we need to learn the biggest lesson, is to make sure that players don't get to this I think, situation. Uh, but I think, like, in all in all fairness to Perot as well, like he's always played, isn't he? he hasn't thrown his dice at the pram and refused to play, and he's been, he's been but I, we sort of saw it last season as well, where he started really slow. Because yeah. I think there were rumours last year that teams were probably sniffing around and he started really slow and then obviously he didn't go and then he started scoring again. Um, and it was kind of this season as well, wasn't it? He hasn't done the games I've watched. Like, he hasn't done anything. Um, I don't know if people can disagree, but he hasn't done anything in those games. Only in the cup game, yeah. Yeah, the cup game. He scored, he goes scored against Northampton. But I mean, like in the league games, I haven't seen him at all. And I think... Um, it's probably something that we'll feel long term. I think right now it's probably not so bad with Yates coming in and scoring a couple of goals like he has done. But we're losing, you know, we're losing our top goal scorer from the last two seasons. We got twenty goals in each season, yeah. so 
That's what it's I was going to hurt this long term. It's kind of controversially maybe Yates has already started picking up some of the slack and on current performance, are we going to miss him? Some people are saying on Twitter he doesn't really suit the new system, so it's not going to feel as heavy as it would have felt if he went under Martin potentially. And, and Yates has come in and he's got two goals in three, so if he can continue that, you know, maybe we get a bit of money here and we don't lose out, but that's only hope and only time will tell if that is the case or not, but... um you never want that to happen. It would have been ideal to keep both of them, but it is what it is. Um, now, the question is, have we already replaced him in Yates? And obviously, we've signed Ginnelly and... Um, I forgot his name already. Mikola <laughs> Kuarovic. Um, and obviously, we've still got Cullen. So there's four strikers still available. Do we reinvest in a striker here? Or do they look to spend elsewhere or to perhaps keep some for January and see what, what's going on? Like, What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, maybe maybe keep till January. I don't think we need to we don't need to rush in to buy in someone probably with the with the numbers we've got there. But what we what we do need is what what Perot brought was okay, he's not a traditional nine like Yates is, but he can drop in that hole. Um now I don't know who is gonna pick that up. So I don't think we've replaced him in that sense. Goal wise, maybe with Yates. But in terms of Play in, like you said, maybe the new style won't suit like a like a ten type player. But you know, Perot was when he when he's on when he's on fire was so good at dropping in that hole and finding a pass or you know scoring a goal from from far out or you know he, he had something like that in the locker, didn't he? Coming in late yeah. um, and and scoring a goal. So um, we're not going to replace him in that sense unless they you know they wait and try and find a player that can do that. That's probably the best way of doing it. So I think, yeah, I mean, maybe investing in more of an attack-minded midfielder ten than yeah, a, yeah, yeah, than a striker. Than a, than a stri- yeah, I think so because that's what it, essentially that's what he was being used as, wasn't he? And you get, I'd say, more so. Yeah. yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm sure there'll be more to come from this in the coming days. Um, the other thing we spoke about then was Nathan Wood. Now this came up before the pro stuff, actually, but gone a bit quieter. I don't think it's the end of it though. By all accounts, Southampton did a bid. I saw ten million or up to ten million, maybe it was a bit lower. It's been rejected. Um Duff did confirm there was a bid that's been brushed off in his press conference without giving detail. But it is expected Southampton come back with a higher bid, which maybe is ten plus add ons or more around ten. This is what I mean. The numbers are just they're not there's not that much clarity there. Um now they did also say they're coming back for a joint bid for Wood and Peru, but I don't think that's going to happen now, unless they come in late and spoil the party and incite the bidding war, which would probably be ideal for us. But yeah, I'm wondering if we're just going to play, we're happy with the Peru to Leeds and now we're going to play a bit hardball with Southampton because of the whole Russell Martin drama. Because um, I'm not being funny, if it was 10 million outright for Wood, I would have not had an issue with, with that at all. We got him for 250k last season. I, I'm not saying he's been bad. He hasn't been bad. He's been good for us. But he hasn't been like 250k to 10 million good for us. And I know he's got a lot of potential no. and he's in England no. under uh, 20, 20 international, whatever he is. Maybe he's going to be really good in the future. And I know Premier League teams have been looking at him for a you know potential in the future. But in one season, that's a massive profit to... You can't say no to it, really, in our position, I think. Yeah, unfortunately, I think it's it's one of them, isn't it? It's, um, it's, it's one of them 
bids where you don't want him to go, but unfortunately, like that price is too good to probably say no for that type of player. Yeah. I was expecting like around five million. You know, when like earlier this season we were like, I was interested in Wood, Premier League teams sniffing around maybe five million. That's what it was like that's what it was sounding like. Um so ten yeah, I was just shocked to see it. I was just like ten million, like I don't think we can say no there. And at the time we didn't have the Perot news and it was like if he goes for ten, does that mean we can just hold on to Perot no matter what, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Give but him a bit more money to re sign. But like would I not I I'm not sure what Wood's um contract situation is. Is he is he got another year or two years on his contract, maybe? I think he signed two years plus extension that we could trigger. So it would run out next year, but we would have triggered the extension, like so I'd imagine. So we can trigger so I think I guess with we that one it, if I think it, we trigger the yeah, extension. Yeah, but if if they have if they have rejected the bid, which it seems like well, well the rumours that suggest that they might have rejected the bid, then you know, maybe we can play a bit more hardball there, and if he has another good season, then maybe he can go for more to a Premier League team next year. You know, if he has a, if he has yeah, a good I season. I just think so. they're going to come back, though, and they and. Well, if they come back with 12, 15 million, I think we've got to take that. I mean, you know, unfortunately, Middlesbrough think... began a cut of this as well. I can't remember exactly. What fee, yeah, but, um, exactly. Regardless, but if, you know, if we're in a position good. where they could hold out and get more money next year because we've got him, we've got him tied down for a bit longer, then. Maybe they can do that because we haven't got a replacement. Like we just said, we're probably struggling if we've got to bring Norton in. Yeah, um, but if, if we do wait till next summer you, and we have the extension, he's in the last year of his contract. It's the same situation with Perot. So yeah, I know. Does the value come down? Yeah, well, I I think it's. I remember when uh, you know we didn't really want McBurney to go, did we? And then Sheffield and I did come in with like 20 million in there. It's just like, well, you've got to take that money. Yeah. You've just you've got, to, you've got to take that. And I think that's probably... A similar situation here, signing him for two hundred fifty k. Yeah, I think he's been he's been good. He's been alright for us, but like you said, I don't think he's been, um, you know, ten million good. No, not yet. Anyway, if he was you, for not yet. Years, I think I think the poten- that you're paying for potential there, and I think like yeah. obviously he played for England under twenty one. So, but by all accounts, they rejected ten million, and we get 12, 12 to fifteen. I think that's yeah, that's can't complain with that. But we'll see, we'll see. Like but I we said, do need a replacement. Numbers. All numbers we're discussing now are speculation and just what's going around. There's no concrete um, clarity on any of it, really. Um, but that's what's going around at the moment. So just bear that in mind as well. And I'm sure by the time this podcast goes out, there'll probably be stuff that we haven't even seen because that's what always happens in a couple yeah, of classic. hours between recording and going live. Something will happen yeah. and you'll be like, what are they on about? But just bear in mind, we're recording it on Thursday the 24th. Um, and anything can happen even after this is done. So, anyway, uh, we got some positive news. Mac Ryan signing a new deal happened after we recorded last week, and I was shocked because I didn't think. I mean, I didn't even think that was getting discussed right now because it wasn't that long ago. No, and he's not out of contract next year, and we were expecting maybe Southampton to be sniffing around. I said I wasn't sure that would be the case because they were going in for downs, but I know you were a little bit worried still, and John. Um, came on the podcast in the past he was a bit worried and just on twitter generally it seemed the general bit of um worry was grimes to southampton even from outside of swansea people were still saying oh master martin's gonna come in for grimes like it was kind of a everyone was expecting it to happen but he signed a new deal and kind of shut all that down so i it wasn't wasn't what i was expecting at all from when that news came out that grimes signed a new contract that was uh 
But do do you think that the um, the Wood and Perot deals were known at the time? You know, uh, so I think like we took the opportunity to to, to sign Grimes. Then I think it's probably probably a good move. I don't um, think they would have played last week if they were known. No, but they would probably know there's been interest. Surely, I don't think this has come yeah, up today, yeah. is it? Like, I don't know about the Wood the, one. That seems like it have been a bit. Um, that's come this week. Obviously, that's not as far progressed as Peru. I think they know Leeds were interested in Peru for a while. I'm surprised it's taken Leeds so long to put the bid in because they have no players, which we're going to discuss in a minute anyway. But um, yeah, that's uh, it's good uh, to yeah, I think... the Grime sign in. So, oh, it's that's... fantastic news. I like. I wasn't expecting it at all. So for him to sign a, a new contract, you know, again, yeah. like you said, so soon after signing another one, then. Uh, you know, he he must be uh, he must be happy and like what he sees. So, uh, I think he was speaking know, about I, the new manager and the faith he's got. And he wasn't just talking to the new manager; he was talking about the club. So he was saying the changes up around the club and at the board, and he thinks they're making the right decision, taking the right steps to kind of get us back to the Premier League. And he, he wants to be part of that. Basically, is what he was saying. I'm glad to be done. I have the summer again next year, which it would have been. Um, that we had before he signed his last deal where yeah, the whole thing about him going to Fulham, I think it was at the time of Watford and everyone was saying about accepting five million for him would have been a good deal and I was like <laughs> yeah, I mean, I put that, that into context actually with the pro stuff now, people were happy with two to five million for Grimes back then to knock a one a free Oh yeah, and we should have got rid of Grimes and signed the, the player from Brentford I can't remember who it was now Yeah well, we should have got rid of Grimes and signed I'm just saying though that that's the sort of fee and I was saying no that's not enough and people were arguing with me about it and now we're getting 12 million for Perot and people are still like yeah that's okay actually no it's not depending on who you are so just puts it into context a bit that that would have been an awful amount we got for Grimes <laughs> if that had happened um, yeah. but yeah that's not going to happen 2027 he's signed on till um, another bit of good news for the club then so the women's team has turned semi-professional and they've actually now been brought under the umbrella of Swansea City. So they will be known as Swansea City AFC Women, which was a change from their previous name of Swansea City Ladies. 16 players have signed semi-professional contracts with the club based on this announcement. I think there might have been a few more signed on afterwards that I've seen after scrolling through the news articles on the official site, um, 11 of which were from last season's squad. So well done to them. They'll really progress that side of the club. And I think... You know, in today's climate as well, they've got the Women's World Cup as a big discourse around women's football at the moment, and it's really positive from the club to be including or pushing in that domain as well. Um, they are actually quite successful, by all accounts, um, in the leagues that they play in. So they're all, only going to get more funding, more money's going to be put into it now, and hopefully that should, you know, just keep progressing. So, yeah, that's that's nice to see as well. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a good thing for the club as well. I think it's, uh, I think it's, I think it's a great move. Yeah. Um, some rumours there. Not much to discuss here. There was some um, talk going around this week that Jamie Patterson is potentially being deemed surplus to requirements in uh, Duff's plans. Now you remember he started the first game of the season, but he only came in as a late replacement after Cham decided to stir the pot up, um, and then he didn't. I don't think he started a league since. I think he might have played in the Northampton game. Um, Ollie Cooper obviously started, and then Patino, the one after. So there's been a bit of a varied response there, but Patterson didn't even come off the bench in the last game. So I'm wondering maybe if there is some truth there. He has been kind of operating 
in midfield and then potentially pushing forward. So does he maybe just not fit in the system? I'm not sure. Uh, we'll see if he's still here at the end of next week. The general links flying around again, West Brom, Coventry, as they always do. But that happens every year. And after I spoke to Glenn, a uh, Coventry fan last week, it came to my attention that that was happening before he even came here as well, just because he's from Coventry. And it's that link you get every year for Coventry, I guess, that so they kind of make a meme out of it. So I'm not sure yeah. that's ever going to happen. Um, but we'll see. Maybe West Brom. Yeah, I don't know. Does, does it change up a row going? Is that part of the plans? I don't know. Does he, because he can sort of push forward a bit, couldn't he? But, um... Yeah, well, maybe if Perot goes, they've got money to buy someone that suits the system better. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we've been linked. I don't know how accurate this is. Swansea Independent reporting a link of Spurs right back, Jed Spence, you might remember from the Championship a few years ago. I think he played alone Forest as well recently. Um, I mean, he's a right back, and we've got Key and Ashby. One of them's already playing out of position. Seems a bit of a weird link for me. I don't think that's a priority. We'll see if anything comes of that. Not really sure what to think of that one. Yeah, I, yeah, it's a bit of an odd one, isn't it? I don't know I what don't the know plan what is with the full backs at the moment. It's, yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know if he's versatile. He's quite young, isn't he? So yeah, yeah, he's been a good player. He's, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, again, again, I'm just not really sure what the plans are until uh, you know a couple of games where it starts starts to take shape. Now I know we're going on a bit, but we're going to move on to two up, two down. It's just one of them. It's still pre-season. I think there's always a lot to discuss, especially when the stuff comes up, like the transfers. Perot's a big one, isn't it? So always going yeah. to take a bit of time to talk about that. But two up, two down then. Uh, looking across the league for this section, we want to try and keep a little bit of involvement, looking at the bigger picture of what's going on in the league, not just Swansea, because it is all relevant to see what's going on. Um, so this week then, two up. I've got Ipswich and their perfect start of the season continues, winning three matches out of three. They've obviously come up from League One last season. I said, I think they're going to do quite well. I think they had, yeah. um, they were getting applauded to the end of last season for some mad run of wins they were on. Yeah. And it's basically continued. I don't know what the, the actual fact is of that now, but they're on a massive run of good form over the two seasons. It's quite scary. I'm wondering if they can maintain it. Yeah, but like like we said, we were t- t- touched on it with the Swans. Like you know, you're talking about just having that consistency with you know the same manager, same players, not a big overhaul. You know, like you said, finishing the season strong, going in. It's it's, it's, a, it's a, you can't underestimate how important that is. Like for us now, it's a, it's a topsy turvy summer, isn't it? With change of management of players, um, it's going to take ages to get going, and sometimes you haven't got that much time so you can come in and hit the ground running like they have I mean it's going to be uh, it's going to be brilliant fair play to them they've been, uh, they've been brilliant so they haven't lost a game in the league since the 21st of January that's class that's yeah that's unbelievable and there's only like five draws within that as well yeah that's class four or five draws that's uh, nuts, that is. So fair play to them coming up and doing so well. So I've got them as a positive note. I know speaking to Ben Bloom at the start of the season, which I haven't even put that video out yet. I need to get it sorted. It was a pre-season sort of like overview video. A little bit delayed, but I'll put it out at some point. Um, so Ben Bloom was featuring that, and he was just talking about how he's not so confident of this form carrying on at the higher league, but he's been proved well wrong because... You know, they've got the best goal difference and they've also got the most points, joint with Leicester, who are my other um, 
team in the two up. Leicester look a cut above the other relegated teams from the Premier League at the moment with a complete record. They didn't necessarily look um, amazing against Cardiff, but they got the job done. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think you're right. I think they're much, they're like a cut above the other teams that have come down. Um, I think yeah, out of the three that have come down, they probably seem the most uh, dangerous. And I think uh, the way it's going, I think they'll they'll end up walking the league. Um, yeah. They've got too much quality, even if they're not playing that well. Even if they, you know, like the start of the season, like is a bit slow. They've just got so many good players in there. And they'll, uh, yeah, they'll 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 be fine. Yeah, they look like the most stable and consistent of the teams yeah, that have they come do. down. Yeah. Um, I know Southampton are only two points below them, but they've had some mad scoring games as well, which, look, they've got the seven points, but it could easily have been less. You know, the Norwich game, for example, like that was nuts. So, um, Didn't they score late on the weekend? Didn't they, uh, yeah, it's just uh, not... I wouldn't say you can be confident saying that, that they're going to continue right now. Um it's, it's, uh, I mean, we know all about Russell Martin, don't we? And we'll see how it goes for them. But yeah, 94th minute winner they scored on the weekend. Yeah. But I think if they, it's probably, you know, if they get through this early stage by still getting results, <coughs> when it does click, they might uh, push on, you know? Yeah. But I think, no, you uh, are right. Leicester have just hit the ground running. And you wanted to mention the goal in the Leicester game. I'm not going to credit hmm. it. I know two off, two down. But I know you wanted to mention it. Well, I, did, I, did, I, like I said, I didn't, I didn't see all of the highlights on Saturday. But um, I have a few uh, colleagues who are Cardiff fans, unfortunately, and I was pointed in the direction of the Ramsey goal. I couldn't believe it. It was hell of a strike, to be fair. That's absolute screaming. I guess that's the quality that he, he would bring to the championship. It's yeah. just whether he's got the fitness and. Yeah. to Play ninety minutes week in week out and show that consistently. You're always going to be able, you know. Show that bit of class every now and again. Fair play. Yeah, yeah it was a belt though. We know he's good from Wales, do we? You know when he wants to turn up. So um, yeah, <laughs> he probably turn up over Cardiff and Wales. Controversial, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, anyway, two down then. Sheffield Wednesday remained pointless. So you know we're talking about one of the promoted teams in Ipswich. They hundred percent record. The other, one of them, one of the other ones, Sheffield Wednesday, are on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Actually, mirror, mirror in can't can't speak. <laughs> Mirroring in reverse. I didn't say it again. Will you say it for me? Mirroring. Mi- mirroring. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, I no, you say right. Speaking too much, you just trip over the stupidest words. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Ipswich with plus four goal difference. Sheffield Wednesday got minus four. Three losses versus the three wins was complete opposite end of the spectrum, and funnily enough, Plymouth, the other team that came up, are in the middle, <laughs> with four points, with one win, one draw, and one loss. So, yeah, and that be... that loss was only the ninety fourth minute winner for Southampton on the weekend, isn't it? So yeah, so they're doing well as well, but um, Sheffield Wednesday struggling a little bit maybe. It is a momentum league, though, isn't it? Like you say about Ipswich, that stat has really surprised me. Saying they come up, and I think Plymouth obviously done really well in League One as well I think you know coming up with momentum is huge yeah. and I think like the only one thing I will say like obviously circling back to the Swans is that I know we do need a bit of time to um, to get going but you know you haven't got loads of time in this league No um, Sheffield Wednesday we're talking about momentum they obviously had a change of manager unexpectedly after getting yeah. promotion yeah. so maybe that yeah. is what is causing them issues at the moment 
that's a killer for them. Yeah. Um, okay, my last of the two down. <clears throat> Speaking, being quite uh, heavily focused on the new teams to the league here. But Leeds, are they in a bit of trouble? Now, we've talked, obviously, a lot about Leeds because they bid for Joel Perrault. The reason I guess they're so desperate to bid for Joel Perrault is because they've got no players. Um, there's a bit of a mass exodus there and a bit of... Um, I'm not really sure what's going on, but they could only name seven players on the bench in the last game, which was a 1-1 draw with West Bromwich Albion. So they're in a bit of a pickle at the moment. Yeah, I. Um, it's a bit of a dodgy one, I think, because we, when we did our pre-season... Fixed, uh, sort of predictions, then we there's, there's always going to be like a team that comes down that struggles, and we probably we got know, it wrong. A bit biased, we thought it was <laughs> going to be Southampton, but um, like I said to you though, on the first week of the season, when the teams come out and you look and you see like who's starting, who's on the bench, and I saw um, Southampton's team on a Friday night, and I thought well, that's good, that's a good team. I saw Leicester's on the Sunday um, as well, but when I saw Leeds' team, I was like, it's not, you know, it's not. Yeah, and it some doesn't of strike that much fear, you know. Are not even there anymore. Exactly, some of them have gone. Um, or they're kicking not, up a fuss about going. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not one that's uh, you know. It obviously, it's still a good squad. They're still going to be up there, but I think they probably desperately need to sign players now. Like they're coming in for Perot, and I think they're going to have to desperately sign a bit more if they want to have a chance of going up because they are nowhere near uh, Southampton and Leicester. I don't think at the moment. Well, they're actually below us in the league, so anything you say about our start, they are below us. Um, yeah, I don't exactly. actually know the reason, because we're three games played, minus one goal difference, and two points each. I'd imagine, have they conceded more? No, we, well, we conceded scored. three against West Brom. So yeah, but it goes a goal scored, doesn't it? Goal yeah, scored, scored first. So yeah. they haven't scored, um, we've scored as many. Four. Then. Yeah, Not more than yeah four we've scored, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so same points, but we're ahead of them. So if the curtain was drawn now, we'd beat them. <laughs> um, but yes, time will tell on that one. They're probably going to get some players in this week, I'd imagine. Um, so that's two up, two down this week. I think we did three last week, but we're going to do two consistently. I think we'll have one of each each going forward. Yeah. Um, finally then, let's go into question time. We've answered one of them already. All three questions coming from Joey is Swansea, so thanks for your contribution. If anybody wants to get involved, leave some questions that you'd like us to talk about or topics in the comments below this video or answer our tweet when we put it out before next week's episode. Um, I will be sure to include some of your questions or topics to discuss in the video. So we've already discussed what is Joel Perot's real value to Swansea City. So the next question is, what impact with um, Nathan, will Nathan, Choa on and Mikola Kuharovic and Josh Ginnelly have after their performances in the under-23s this week? Do you think they can come in and make an impact? Uh, I think so. Um, I don't know. When when we signed uh, Choa on, I thought uh, that he might actually go straight into the team. But now, obviously, what, what we sort of get from Duff is that he's young and maybe he's not going to play that much. Apparently, um, he had a knock. That's why he wasn't available. Nah, fair enough. I, got, I don't know. I got a, It's weird that... that uh, Kuharovic hasn't uh, featured at all yet, does he? He didn't come off the bench in any He's game. He's just come or... back from a big injury as well, though, hasn't he? Nah, fair enough. But So we'll have to, <laughs> we'll like have to watch this. Bit. All of our sign-ins. Yeah, I know, and Ginelli as well. And so, I don't know, really. I I could be wrong, but I worry that like, I don't want them to just be like those players that are just there and like you know they never play and 
they 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 become a quiz question in about ten years' time, where like you know, remember him and like never played for us, played about five games in a season, off the bench. Yeah. But well, I know, hopefully, I think. Yeah, I think it was I actually like played I. Um, Kalulu. Yeah, yeah, you know, it was like some of these players are just you know, Tiandali, Tiandali hitting the bar in the uh, League Cup final. Yeah, or the post that would have been uh, historic, and uh, you know. Poloski with some random players, but uh, I thought Poloski was good. He just got homesick, didn't he? Got homesick, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I hope it's not one of them. I think like um, Kuharovic more than that. I think he probably offers something different from what I can see. Like his his stature is different to anything that we've got as well. So um, I'm interested to see how he fits in when he's fit. So um, I think more so him than uh, Chowan at the moment. Yeah. And the last question then, when do we think Duff Ball will truly click into place? Now, we got you can look at Barnsley last season as an example because he came in there and turned their season round. I want to say by Christmas they were firing. So yeah. maybe the same sort of time scale would be fair. Yeah, I think I'm um, just going to have a look at the fixtures. I think uh, the window needs to shut. Um because we've still, you know, we've still had players coming in. Well, I hate, I don't like that the window is still open while the season starts. Um, I just like to have our team done and dusted when the season starts, but you know that's just the way it is. But um, you know, likely Perot is going to go now, and maybe we'll have more players coming in. Maybe Wood will go. You know, we're going to have this speculation now until the window shuts. So, uh, so the window is going to shut next week, and our first game after the window shuts is Bristol City. Then we've got an international break and play Cardiff, and then we've got QPR away. You know, and then I think you know maybe like Sheffield Wednesday at home is going to be a big game. I think there on the twenty third of September. I think that's when we're going to have to start seeing progress. I think. Yeah. I think that's when we're going to have to start seeing. You know, and we just talked about Sheffield Wednesday, how much they're struggling. And I think that game, the end of September, Sheffield Wednesday home. I think that's going to be, uh, you know, a big game to show what uh, to show the progress has been made. And unless you know, unless unless we go on a massive like you know. Unless we go on like not winning in about five games, six, seven games, I think you know you can't really sort of make any big judgment until Christmas. My only worry though is I think the Cardiff game is coming a bit too soon for us this season. Um, and I think if you know if if we lose the Cardiff game, I think the fans are going to absolutely lose the plot and be like, oh my god, get him out, and this is awful. And uh, can't be too as greedy. you can imagine. Obviously, I want to win that game, but like. Can't win every single one. Like you're never gonna win. You're never gonna win every single one. Has any team ever done that out there? So, look, no, I know, but it's, I would it's, love it's to gonna, win it again. But we'll see what happens. It's gonna bug me as well because you know, like in the Welsh media, <laughs> like if they beat us this time, it'll be oh my god, Cardiff have won. Yeah, um, but they're also on two points and below us in the league currently. So, so I when yeah, that's true. But when we're gonna say when Duff Ball is going to kick in, I'm expecting to see something by that Sheffield Wednesday game when we're at home. In Sheffield Wednesday. Sorry, Cardiff are on one point, not two. So no. they are below us on points. <laughs> Touch wood, that, that maintains after this weekend. Um, okay, yeah, on on that note then, hopefully we see Duff Ball soon. But thanks, Lee, for joining me. I know it's been a long one. I'm sure they'll slim down a bit after pre-season ends and the transfer window finally shuts. Um next week next friday maybe we'll have a look at our uh, schedule and see if we can do something for deadline day but no promises we'll have to see what we can maybe a twitter space or something would be good yeah 
we'll see. No promises, we'll see. That's something we want to have a look at trying to do. So any suggestions around that in the comments, let us know. Um, also a reminder, please, if you don't mind, um, a vote for us in the Football Content Awards would be much appreciated. And as always, like and subscribe on the video. Subscribe to keep up to date with all the outputs. You get all the match previews, podcasts, anything we do on YouTube, you'll get notified of it. And obviously the podcasts, if you follow us on Spotify, Apple, I think we're on Amazon now. That's quite a new one. Uh, we sorted out last week and Google and all the other major ones should be there. So we've got some exciting announcement in regards to the podcast part as well next month. So stay tuned for that. But otherwise, we shall see you in the next video. So thank you very much for watching and your support as always. I'll catch you in the next one. See you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The match has just finished and you're on your way home. What better way to celebrate that 90th minute winner than a McNugget share box and a few tips with your mates? You channel your inner Ronald as you race to beat the muck delivery home, just making it an injury time. Ordering muck delivery is easy on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.